Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Ah, it's a busy Friday, a jam-packed show. Lots going on. The weekend approaches, and we have some basketball on the radio tonight. How about that? Kirsch turning over a new leaf. Flipping hockey for basketball. That's what happens when you have Game 7. We'll get to that a little bit later. we got the big show coming up at 1 o'clock. But first, let's talk to Lou. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Well, my night got kind of hijacked last night, Lou. I was uh, How come? Well, I was driving around. I was listening to the guys do the game. And, oh, Vegas tied it up. Here we go. And I thought, well, this is going to be cool. I'm going to sit down and watch uh, watch an overtime, <laughs> maybe two or three. It's like, oh, what am I going to get a get myself a nice cocktail here? And here we go. And a ding. Oh, oh. not so much. That's what happens. Are we, are we seeing something with the Dallas Stars? No, no one's told them they shouldn't be here or, or nope. pushing around uh, the Vegas Golden Knights like they are. And and for guys that, you know, have had, I don't want to say, checkered is the wrong word. Um, interesting pass, you know, when it came to the NHL, not an easy league to be successful in. But two Russian guys have really made the difference for them. And, and, and one guy... Uh, was notorious, you know, when when he played with with Nashville, but has turned his life around, and <laughs> he saves his best for the for the playoffs, Lou. Well, if you're talking, and I know you are, about Alexander Radulov, yep. um, one thing about Alexander Radulov that was very very apparent to me going all the way back, Kelly, can I can I regale you with a little? first of Alexander Radulov's story. Let's, let's hear your, your first uh, okay, tickets okay, can here. Okay, okay, so it goes all the way back to 04 So he was a member in his first year with the Quebec Ramparts. And I fly into Quebec City to watch them play on a Friday night. And I'd heard lots of great things, hadn't seen him in person, and I'm like, I can't wait to see this guy. So <laughs> that night, he goes off for three. There's like 15,000 or 14,500 at the old building, the Colisee. They're chanting his name, Radu, Radu, all night. And when he gets the third one, somewhat like last night after the overtime winner, do you remember how he put the stick in the holster and jammed it down yep. and went for a bit of a skate? Well, that night, he skated all the way from one end of the rink to the other before he did it, and the place went absolutely bonkers. But the moral of the story is, that was his first year. I watched him in a couple of World Juniors. I saw him star and lead Patrick Waugh's Quebec Ramparts to the 2006 Memorial Cup title, which, by the way, in the championship game against Moncton, he had five points. Is that all? Just five. Just five on that May hot day. When it was and, important. And when it was really important. He, he when it was really day. important, yeah. yes. So the one thing that I observe generally about this guy is, is he a little bonkers? Yeah, he's a little bonkers. You even watch him at a practice or at the rink, you know, he's marching in some ways to the beat of his own hockey drum. 
But one thing I've never questioned about him is whether he loves to play hockey. He loves to play hockey, and he loves to embrace a lot of the big moments. And, you know, listen, was he a big difference maker so far in key moments against the Flames? He was. And there he is with the game on his stick last night, 30 seconds into overtime, and boom, great shot off the post. Now, like you said, you know, yesterday we talked about Jake Vertanen. Well, you know, Alexander Radulov had to go back to Ufa, Russia, and spend some time, you know, reinventing himself and understanding what was important to him. But when you talk to his Dallas teammates or anybody that's played with him at any level, they tell you they like they love him, and they love him for one reason because he's all in on the hockey now. Does that mean they're hanging out with them at nighttime when it's all said and done? I'm not sure about that. But, you know, I remember either this season or last season we were in Dallas. He was hobbled. He was, he was injured. And there he was as their pregame skate started in the morning. Like, Kelly, he was in between where the players come out, between the two benches. He was injured. He wasn't going to play. But there he was passing pucks to his teammates. So you go, maybe that's not a significant thing. And for some people, it, like you, my point is you can't keep the guy away. You can't keep him away. Yeah. And so we've been watching it for a long time. And, you know, last night was just another example of, is it perfect? No. Has it had a lot of growing pains? Yes. But this guy no matter what you think when you look at him or watch him be interviewed or some of his actions, listen, even in the game before, what did he do? He took a couple of bad penalties. So he's a bit of a wild card in his own, in his own way. But as I talk about on this show a lot at noon, with emotional people who are all in and care, they're going to make some mistakes because it matters and it matters a lot. And he's a guy it's, it's always mattered and, I'm not shocked when he does things like he did last night. And he was, uh, from what I understand, he grew up somewhere between uh, his stint with Nashville and when he came back with Montreal. He, you know, kind of his life mm-hmm. changed a little bit, and and that happens, right? And and it can go two ways. And and hockey was still very, very important to him. And 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 here we are. And, and Lou, with that overtime win. You know, if we kind of fast, you know, let's let's get back in the time machine and we said, okay, Dallas is going to be two wins away from going to the Stanley Cup final, but mm-hmm. they're going to have to do it without Ben Bishop. You would have said, yeah, I'll take that bet. I'll I'll bet against mm-hmm. you every time. And, and and a guy, another Russian guy that has mm-hmm. uh, a North American roots, obviously with uh, with junior hockey, uh, a little closer to home for this one. Um, it, the the Anton Hudobin story is is pretty special. It is, and do they win that hockey game without him last night? No chance. No chance. Thirty eight saves. At one point, it looked like he'd pulled his groin into section one twenty five, that he might not continue. Um, and and Kelly, I'm just going to say this the best way that I can. There's nothing about how he looks or how he goes about his business that says great goalie or good goalie. He's just a good goalie. 
you know, he's, just stops he's kind the of puck. a he stops the puck. He's kind of a dumpy looking, happy go lucky. I got off the phone today because I wanted to give some different perspective. I was, I have a story about him in a second, but. I called Les Lazarick this morning, the longtime voice of the Blades, and he played for the Blades going back to 2004-2005. And Anton, you know, I even saw it the other night. There he was. They were out of a driving range in Edmonton, and he wasn't hitting the ball, but he was putting balls on the tee for Blake Como at the driving range. You know, he is always going back to his Saskatoon days, had this type of a reputation. He's got a smile on his face. He's kind of a goofy, what did Les say to me? You know, kind of that goofy professor look about him. He's always happy. You can't help but like him. He's a great teammate. He's prepared to do whatever he has to do. And whether it was Bruce Cassidy talking about him, you know, when asked earlier in the playoffs last night, a 38-save effort, is you led in beautifully, Kelly? You know, yes. Could we have seen Dallas having a great run? Absolutely. Did we think it would be Ben Bishop, who plays it so well, you know, is a guy who's been in the Vezina conversation during his career, how he feeds their transition? Yes. But did we think that the Stars could go on this kind of run with Anton Hudobin? Probably not. But what is Anton Hudobin? Well, I kind of love the guy because all he's ever done his whole career, and the first time I saw him was that season, and, you know, he was the goaltender, the starting goaltender for Russia at the World Junior in 2005 in Grand Forks in that same season. Um, he just he just battles. Like, it doesn't, you know, he's not going to win the goaltending Olympics, whether it's how he looks or how he plays. Uh, but, you know, Lou, I always think it's interesting because both these guys – uh, Radulov and Hudobin. I, I was just thinking about this last night. Is like young guys when they came to North America, and okay, English not so great. And not at all. And you're going to be in Western Canada. You're going to be in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, or or Quebec City. Like you want it. You know it's yeah, important. You're right. That, that's not. That's not the like. Flip that around a little bit and see if yeah. We're gonna we're gonna send you to you know Siberia or somewhere or somewhere in Russia where you won't know the language, but it's a really good chance for you to learn soccer or whatever sport you're gonna play. That's that's tough slugging. Everybody would have to adjust to that, but those guys showed. That's why they wanted to be there, and I think it was it was a huge way for them to get to the NHL quicker. And in talking to Les, he talked about Hudobin saying. He would not change that year for anything. What he learned, the experiences, starting to learn a new language, a different style of play, going about his business different. You're right. And, and I love this conversation for this reason. You know, when year in and year out, we see, think about leaving a country like Russia at 17 or 18 years old, Kelly, leaving your family behind, no knowledge of language. you got one language. That's the language of hockey. How many North American kids, when you put it in that perspective, how many of us would be willing to do that to help their craft? 
You'd have to listen, be absolutely listen, sure, you were, right? You have been a radio boss forever and in the business for 30-plus years. You're going to tell me that you haven't seen situations where kids go to school in Calgary or Edmonton? They're not interested in going to smaller markets a lot of times. Never. Right? So so think of so. If you're not interested in going to Esteban or Brooks or Weyburn or Prince Albert or Merchant or wherever you might have to start, think about going to Ufa. I've been to Ufa, and I've been to Omsk. There's no picnic. But you're right. That says a lot about people's character. Now, granted, the other part is that we don't always have to experience in North America is you know, and you can look at athletes, Kelly, all over the world and in North America, it can be their way out to, to a better life. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, but the point I know you were trying to make and I'm trying to add on to is it's amazing in life what we'll do when we have to do it. And you can't take that away from those athletes that leave home at that young age and have the C word. And this time it's not about confidence. The C is for courage. It is, yeah. It, it's it's something else. So that that's the story. Um Can I can I just quickly tell one oh, about yeah, Anton? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So this this might not mean a lot to people, but it, it did to me and I'll never forget it as long as I live. So Anton was playing for the Boston Bruins and the Bruins were getting set to play against the Flames the next night and they were practicing at the Corral. And the Blades were actually in town that day to play the Hitman. So I'm downstairs underneath at, at the time when all these worlds are intersecting. And a gentleman by the name of Jerome Engel, who had been a part of the Blades coaching staff for a long time and one of the toughest longtime RCMP and police, police officer in areas, Kelly, that none of us really want to be in. This, this guy, and he was a former player and as tough a guy as anybody I'd ever known. So Anton is just about to go to the Boston room. Jerome calls him from like 25 feet away and in his full gear, Hudobin sees Jerome, like runs in his full gear and jumps into Jerome Engel's arms. Oh and goodness. that's just, you know, so if you don't think it didn't matter and the people didn't matter, here's an NHL player, which would have been three or four years ago, and, and that was the reaction. That's that's one of the, I've seen so many neat things, but that one for me, I just wanted to tell today because that to me spoke volumes about what that time in Saskatoon meant and the people yeah. that helped him on his journey. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool stuff. We are chatting with Peter Labardius. It is Hockey Central at noon. we got so much to get to, but I thought we'd do the mailbag first. Let's do the mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Make your summer sizzle. Enjoy Ruth's primetime menu and dine on two courses for $49. Add an additional course or glass of house wine for $10. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of pivot and talk about the Flames, and then talk about a couple other things that might be interesting for the Flames. Uh, the, today's question comes from Colin Cooper. So he gets a $100 gift card to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. That is going to be awesome. And the question uh, reads, what do you think is the most important area 
to improve on this offseason for the Flames? Do you think there are some missing pieces, or is it more just a mentality and the current core just needs an eye-opening moment? So that is, uh, that is, that's probably a couple shows, but uh, that is uh, Col- yeah, Colin's it, question. It is. But, it's, but it's a good question, so I thought and it would great. tie into our, our next, uh, next thing we want to talk about a certain defenseman. Uh, yes. Do I think that one thing that the Flames need to look at, and I'm sure they are looking at, is potentially changing the core? I do. I think, I think the intel has been long enough. Now, when I say changing your core, I don't mean that you've got to blow the whole thing up. But I, I do think that it's potentially time to move on from a key member or two of this team. I do. Because you've had enough intel. You've had enough playoffs where things haven't necessarily gone well to say that I think that at this point in time is in question. Now, I'm not giving anybody away for free. I don't like to give up on people too early because people do mature and they do grow at certain points in time. But yes, I do. I think at this point in time, the bottom line is a key member or two of this core needs to be accountable for this team maybe not getting to certain places in the spring or in the summer, as this summer has allowed us to talk about, that they have to look there. Okay. So there you go. That is uh, from Colin Cooper. Congratulations. Enjoy dinner. Very easy to get involved with Lou's Mailbag. Just go to our website, uh, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Look under contests. Look for Lou's Mailbag. Enter your question, and if we use it, you get a $100 gift card to have an awesome meal at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I can I can taste it right now. I haven't oh, been there in a while, Lou, but it's uh, sizzling. Oh, good stuff. It's a good oh. good thing. Good thing for the fall. So, uh, so that is Lou's mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Make Ruth's part of your game day celebration. Catch all the action in their lounge or book a private room. With amazing food and a great atmosphere, it's the best place to watch a game in style. All right, well, now we're going to transition to what we were talking about. If It if, fits, though. Well, no, because you talked really about well. changing the core. Um, the guys talked about it uh, this morning. We had Elliot Friedman kind of send it out yeah, there. I heard both. Things are a little different. In, in Arizona these days, and, and mm-hmm. not in a good way. Oliver ekman Larson um, signed that big contract a while back. Um, he's been a, a long-time Coyote, obviously. Um, they, they asked the question, you know, like, do you make a deal for uh, OEL? The answer is not simple, but I'll do the best that I can. Does anyone have better intel on Oliver ekman Larson than Brad Treleving and Don Maloney? The answer is no. So there isn't anything about that player's makeup, character, ability that they don't know and understand. That's a great place to start. So if you're going to take on that kind of a contract and that kind of do-re-me, I think, I think that's square one. There is no doubt in my mind in a few conversations that I've had that 
some executives on this team are pretty big fans of that player, and I completely understand why. If the next question is about would you do it for the right price, for me, the answer is absolutely. Under this pretense, and it goes back to the mailbag question, what I'm looking for if I'm in a position with the Calgary Flames is this isn't necessarily about money. This is about can I end up in my organization with a player I think I can win with? That, to me, is the number one question. And if you can find that player who, Kelly, and I don't want to take anything away from Mark Giordano and who knows how it would fit, right? But Mark's coming 37 years old. This guy's 29, turning 30. You need, potentially, going forward, a number one top-pairing defenseman. You do. I think you do. Um, Mark has given this team so much and will probably continue to do that. But if you have a chance to add that kind of player at the right price and, and he checks the box that I talked about, I'm going to go do it. He's been a good point producer. He's been a captain. I think learning from somebody like Shane Doan, I think that has great value in terms, you know, he's played for his country in world championships, um, in big events. He's got big game experience, albeit he only has 25 National Hockey League playoff games. Um, He scored 20 goals in the season at one point. It also, Kelly, talks about what I even referred to a couple days ago. I think in Oliver ekman Larson, now you probably have someone to quarterback your number one power play, too. And that has value. So I, I think it would take tinkering. But, you know, if Travis Hamannick's not coming back and potentially T.J. Brody isn't coming back, I think you could find a spot for him. And believe it or not, while this contract would scare the daylights out of a lot of people, it doesn't scare me. Because I truly, A, I believe in the people running the team. So that matters greatly. And the other thing is, is if you're going to take on this kind of money after you have been to certain places as this team and understand more than any of us could surmise or understand what your team needs, if Oliver ekman Larson is deemed by Brad Treleving and Don Maloney and this staff as being a huge piece for the next four or five years, I'm willing to do it. Are you willing In fact, to? I might uh, be willing to do it by the end of the afternoon if the price is right. You're not going to give up the first round pick, though, are you? For him? Yeah, I might. Really? Yep. I'm not going to do it for the goalie, but I'm going to do it for him. That was my next question, so you answered it already. <laughs> mm-hmm. No way with, with Kemper with two more years and solid resume? You know, the thing about the goaltending situation, Kelly, is depending on how you assess and where you think your group is, 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this, and, and you take it wherever you want to go. The last two springs, when the Flames have exited the playoffs, has goaltending been a problem? It has not. So that's not to say. Listen, I'm a big Darcy Kemper fan. I have been since his days in Red Deer with the Rebels. He was probably in the Vezina conversation this year before he got hurt. And and um, at four point two five for two years, I, I love the I love the money, and I love the deal. Now, but what what are your priorities? And so if we're going to talk about Kemper, here's what I say. Where's the team with David Riddick? Where yeah, are you? Yeah, like what? Where? What? Like, you, where are you? What's the next chapter? It's like, well, this time we believe in you, right? Like, well, again, and maybe they don't. And 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 again, I'm not I'm not here to criticize. Like, I like Darcy Kemper, and I love the money. And the other part about it, I like for the Flames. If you went out and got him again, depending what the price was, is. Now, if indeed, let's just say Dustin Wolf is a guy who might be the next one, because I think what this organization is still trying to do is develop their own next guy. But why can't, you know, why can't that be David? Unless you've decided now that he's not the guy. Now, that's a different conversation. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. if you make that kind of a deal, maybe David goes the other way. And where, and where's his head at? It's like, how can I prove to you that I can play in the playoffs if you don't play me in the playoffs? That's what his camp is saying. Well, well, his camp is saying that in one regard, but his camp should also be talking about the fact that when he came back this summer, he wasn't ready to win that job. He lost that job to Cam. He lost it. Yeah, that he, yeah. he, he didn't come back in a position where, Kelly, I think he was probably looked at as they wanted to go down that road, but the other guy's work was just better. Yeah, he's, however, he's more ready. However, yeah. one guy's 27 years old. He hasn't been in North America forever. We can't forget that he was an all-star goalie. Yeah, he had... Yeah, and he's he's streaky, and he had you know good chunks of the season. Um, but I'm I'm you know does anybody think he's he's your number one? Well, and and that's the thing, right? That that's why you and I are talking on the radio, and we're not you know in general manager chairs because these are hard Cause chairs. Because if in. you if you do think that that helps you out a lot, because you can go get yourself a one A pretty pretty easy for a lot less money than than four or whatever he is Kemper's making. If you well, think, I mean, if you think Reddick is the guy, then you're then you're you're okay. I just did, didn't see much, and I, you know, we keep forgetting that. Okay, there was that, you know, the whole COVID thing, the shutdown thing. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I said it before we started. I mean, some guys are going to be okay with this. There's some teams that just, how much are you going to judge off that that startup and the bubble and all that kind of stuff? So, but yeah, I mean, if 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 you think Riddick is the guy, and and you know the brain trust of the don't then then that sort of solves some problems for you. I don't well, know sure if they do or not. It, it, it helps. But, but again, um, you know, the hardest thing about making, making your group better is, you know, like for everybody else, you know, what are your priorities? 
Now, you know, I'm playing today, I'm playing devil's advocate. So let's understand that, everybody. I'm playing devil's advocate as much as anything today. Because would, would I be on the bandwagon going, don't get Darcy Kemper, don't get him? No, I'm not going to do that. Because I see a lot of reasons as to why it makes sense. But, but the other thing is, when, when is it kind of David's time? So, so in a sense, if you're going to give leashes, and you know what? Maybe they've made that de- determination. And you know what? They get to make that determination. Maybe they've decided that, you know, he's locked in at a good price for one more year, gives us the time and the flexibility to look and see again how he's going to grow. Yeah. So, you know, could, could I see Kemper coming and would it make sense? Yes. But even again, in listening to Elliot, you think Darcy's not on everybody else's radar too. So what's yeah. it going to cost? Yeah. They, they are going to take the best offer if they do trade them. Right. So that's usually how that works, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and I just, and I just think when, when you're thinking about this team and listen, I'm the first guy to tell you that you have to have great goaltending and really good goaltending, especially at this time of year. For sure. But the last two springs has not been the Flames have exited the party because of a goaltending problem. No, I mean, if you get Cam Talbot and he's a little more dialed in than he was at the beginning of the season, and that's your tandem. That's I, pretty that, good tandem. That, that frees if some you can other get stuff him up. at the right price. Yeah, and you can, that frees some other stuff. You're going to have to mm-hmm. figure out what you're doing on the back end, and you for sure can't have the same you know, chunk of forwards. You're going to have to do something different, right? The fans are going yeah. to demand that. So, oh, my. all kinds of stuff to talk about. Lou, yeah. we've got to get going here because i got Francis coming up and we've got oh, our boy. Uh, spicy, right. spiciest moment and a few other things, too. So, uh, enjoy your weekend, sir. I'm going to. And, you, too. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Sounds good. Have a great one, everybody. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Oh, it's a busy show. We've got lots going on in our, our first live. It's kind of a, a fun day around here. Pat Steinberg and the Big Show going live today on location. Our great partners at Adrenaline Source for Sports. 2 to 6, 9309 McLeod Trail South. Uh, we've been there a lot, but we have not been there during COVID. So we've, we've got all the precautions. We're doing the social distancing. We got the masks. We're ready to go and, uh, looking forward to it. We'll check in with Pat after, uh, after two o'clock this afternoon. We'll check in with Eric Francis next. It is, uh, Eric Francis Fridays. And we'll do that next on Hockey Central at noon. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. It's Kelly Kirsch making way for the big show coming up at 1 o'clock. We'll also have our spiciest moment of the week coming up before 1. Right now it's time for uh, Eric Francis Fridays, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity, Calgary's original infinity destination. Own one, and you'll understand. Hyatt Infinity on Luxury Lane, empower the drive. And Eric, the, the last time we did this, uh, you kind of stirred things up, and I had to kind of deflect a bunch of emails that people were mad at you. So are, are you going to... Are you going to behave today, or what's what's your plan right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends what you want to talk about. I mean, no, I, you know what? Today I'm just full of love and praise uh, for the NHL. Uh, I got to tell you, as a fan, I'm just sitting here watching this stuff, 
And uh, it, it is just, it is incredible hockey. I mean, I haven't heard anybody who thinks otherwise. The, the intensity is as high as it's ever been. Yeah, it's still missing a little bit of that fan feedback, you know, the, the, the roar of the crowd. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I, I'm so pleasantly surprised that the NHL absolutely completely nailed this in every possible way. And the players deserve credit. The, you know, the NHL deserves credit. Uh, you know, I know I don't have anything negative to say today. That's for sure. Well, when we were talking about this, we were wondering like, you know, who, who do we pick for our Stanley cup champion? Because you could have a team that was by far and away superior. And then we thought, Oh my God, they could get like four guys get test positive for COVID and they get scratched like an hour before yeah. the game. None of that happened, Eric. They really have done their, done their thing and, and uh, have kept it. I mean, that's, that'd be tough slugging to be, you know, cooped up in a hotel and, and, you know, we'll get to go to golf one day kind of thing. But, you know, those kudos to everybody because it, it's been quite, quite the thing. And I, I'll tell you, I think if we go back to when we were thinking about this back in, in July, we weren't sure if it was going to work. So it, it has been it has been amazing to see what what has happened. And, and are you are you surprised at the at the final four? Is that uh, maybe half of it might surprise you? Yeah, I guess that's pretty obvious. I mean, Dallas, I don't think anyone saw. I mean, we're watching them, and we saw them firsthand against Calgary, and they look good. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they got to the final um, after just the way they've continued to play and, and find their offense. And uh, they've just got such a deep, balanced team and uh, and good goaltender. I mean, they've got everything right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they still have to be considered a – you know, nobody was picking Dallas to win the Stanley Cup or get to the final. Um you know, and the Islanders, uh, same, obviously. You know, there's a theory that, that has gone around, I know when I was in Edmonton, that the team that's going to win the Stanley Cup is the team that just has the mental fortitude to fight through life in a bubble. And I find that a very interesting theory, especially in light of the fact that those two Eastern teams come over and they got a bit of a break, you know, like they're in a new bubble now. And so there's some new things and, there's a bit of a freshness to it, whereas the teams from the West, they've been in this bubble now for what? The better part of a six, six weeks. Same hotel room, same restaurant, you know, like, yeah. You know, I don't and, want to say too, too poor baby, but I mean, it, it, it's, that'd be tough. You, you know, that's, it's been a while, you know, and it gets stale and I wasn't even in the bubble. And I, there was a groundhog day element to, to my existence for three weeks in Edmonton. And I got to go play golf and, and live my life and walk around downtown. Uh, not that that's a treat in Edmonton, but, you know, I, I had some freedom anyway. But the, the the point is, you know, I'm not sure it's really just a team with the strongest mental fortitude to fight through life in in the bubble. Like, I, I still think it boils down to the, the best damn hockey team is going to win this thing. And right now, two of the four teams, no one can argue that two of the four teams anyway are two of the very best teams that a lot of people had predicted would be in the Stanley Cup final. So, yeah. I, you know, uh, I think it's played out the way it should have played out. And, and you had a nice slice of upsets and you also had some, some real good teams finally, you know, putting it together and really pushing hard. I mean, it's hard to believe, you know, Tampa's not going to win that series right now and they've played so well. And anyway, it's, I can't tell you, I know there were a faction of people who say, I'm not going to watch it. It's in the middle of summer. And I called bull on all of them. I said, when, the, when this really starts August 1st, I guarantee you the numbers are going to be huge. 
And I think the hockey's going to be as good as it's ever been because they're going to have fewer injuries, uh, less war of attrition. And I think that's really come to pass. Uh, uh, but that said, I, I was the one who said that they weren't even going to get a playoff in. So, uh, you know, you get yeah. some right, you get some wrong. And I, I'll tell you this, I'm going to throw this out there because I don't know if you have any answers for me. But I've talked to a lot of people around the hockey world, and I have no, no inkling as to how they're going to attempt, if they're even going to attempt, some semblance of a regular season next year. I, I have no yeah. idea how you're going to pull that off. There's the bubble situation. And then there's a regular season, and they're totally different animals. You cannot yeah. combine the two. Majority of teams, if not all of them, cannot play without fans and, and ticket sales and, and that sort of thing. So that's just, that's just the way it's going to be. And I, and I really think the NHL just wants to get through this, uh, get through the Stanley Cup, get through the draft, yeah. get through free agency, and then kind of take the temperature of, of, of everything probably in November, Eric, and, and, and see where things are at. It is Eric Francis I, Fridays right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Go ahead. I agree. But, you know, it's not even to me just about no fans and, you know, the economics of whether or not it's even viable to play with or without fans. Um, to me, it's just about, okay, let's just, let, let's just play devil's advocate right now. Just pretend uh, it doesn't matter if you have people in the stands. Let's say the TV money covers all your other expenses and you could actually break even or, or maybe even make a little bit of money. I, how do you do it? Like, do you have an all Canadian division and, and then two or three American divisions? Uh, do you really want players jetting around all over North America? You know, well, baseball's, doing teams, it. baseball's doing it right now. Baseball's doing it. And it looked at one point like it was going to fall flat on its face. And they pulled that out of the fire to this point for sure. But I just, you know, uh, I, I, I cannot see them subjecting players. And I, I, I don't know how many players have the appetite to say, yeah, I'm ready to start jetting around all over North America uh, in our own little bubble. Albeit, it's still going through airports and going through places where there's lots of high traffic. I, I, I just don't see it logistically. I, I don't. I'm not saying that won't happen. I'm just saying I can't fathom how they're going to do it. But I never thought they could do this one either. The playoffs. What I don't want, and I think fans and players and media and everybody all, are all on the same page. Is let's not say. Oh, we're going to start December 1st. No, no, we're going to push that back to January 15th. Not nah, more like it. it's going to be tough to have dates that kind of keep moving. That's going to be frustrating for people. So that'll be interesting to see what how they do that. Uh, Eric, wanted to talk a little bit about the Calgary Flames. And um, are you surprised and what are you hearing that we have not had a official announcement on, on uh, a retention of uh, interim coach uh, Jeff Ward? Your thoughts? You know, I... I... I flip and flop on this. I I don't know what to read into this taking so long. Uh, I have touched base with some people close to the situation and, uh, you know, they were led to believe that, you know, pretty much by today or tomorrow, everything would be announced one way or the other, but I don't don't have a handle on, on what that means. To me, every day longer this goes, it's bad news for Jeff Ward. Uh, And and for that's, that's the way I read it. But again, I don't, I'm not really sure how to read into it. You know, I talked to people on both sides of this and, and, and everyone's scared to say anything publicly uh, for fear of jeopardizing whatever may be in the works. So I don't blame everybody for being uh, airtight on this, but uh, to me, the longer it goes, that just doesn't bode well. I mean, if you know your, that your guy is Jeff Ward, why didn't you announce him a week ago, two weeks ago? 
Um, I'm okay with waiting till the end of the season, but shortly after the season ends and you've had a, a week or two of meetings, surely you've got your idea in your mind of what you're going to do. Why wouldn't you just do it? I, 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 I think, but again, I don't, I don't know. Well, you, but, you see it the other way. The no, longer but goes, you're the always, it is as death. a manager, you're always trying to get better. So if there's a chance to get better, like this isn't, it's not show, show friends, it's show business, right? And that's the old cliche, but it's true. So if, if the, the GM and, and the, the ownership can say, Hey, you know, we might have a shot at this guy at least talk to the guy. And I think it's maybe a little tougher if they're trying to interview people from the States and borders and all that kind of stuff. I think you owe it to yourself to at least look instead of just going, oh, that's the guy we're going to sign. Let's just do it. Don't you? I I totally agree with you, you know, that you do. But but again, it, it's, it that buys into my belief that the longer this goes, the worse news it is for Jeff Ward. It'd be, you know, I, they should be talking to a bunch of guys, or in my in my, I'm sure they have already spoken to several of the the big names that we've heard about, and maybe some of the lesser names that we uh, we hadn't thought about. Yeah. Because when this general manager hired the last head coach, um, he didn't do that. And while he was 100 percent convinced that Bill Peters was the right guy, um, and, and I don't blame Cheerleading for what happened. I don't think there was any way he could have known what had happened or what was coming. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't buy into the narrative that had he done more due diligence, he would have found out that Bill Peters was uh, uh, allegedly a racist. You know, I don't buy that. Um, so, but he did, you know, maybe err in not at least having conversations with a handful of guys so that if something like this did happen or anything could happen, then you had a backup plan or, or at least a plan B or C. Yeah. So uh, I think he's covering his bases well, right who, now. Well, who, Who's out there that maybe is a bit of a long shot or a wild card, dark horse, whatever? Like, is there? I mean, I don't. I don't think Peter Laviolette is going to come here. I don't think that's that's his mo. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. And it's not normally as you you talked about this before. The Flames, you when it comes to coaches, they don't go for the big shiny toy. They usually go for a guy that's kind of on his way up or has been a bit of a journeyman or whatever. They don't they don't go for the splashy big names. No, they don't, and 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 there's a reason why. There's probably about three or four million reasons why, and yeah. and maybe maybe with those guys that are available, maybe the price tag on all of them comes down because hey, there's there are four of the big boys. If we talk about Babcock and Laviolette and Gerard Gallant and these guys, Boudreaux, you know, yeah. and Boudreaux, you know, maybe if since there's four of them vying for one or two jobs that may be out there, maybe the price comes down because they just want to get back to work. I kind of doubt it. Um, all yeah. these guys have so much money. It's not about the money. It's about the opportunity. So I don't agree with you when you say that Peter Laviolette won't come here. Uh, and I, I have not spoken to Laviolette, and I don't know the man very well at all. I just say I don't think that any of those guys would just blindly say, no, these are the cities I won't go to. You've got stable ownership here, and you've got the basis of a really good young team, I think, Um I don't know if they're young anymore, but a mix of you've got a really talented team here. And I think the opportunity would be something that all four of those big guys would jump at if the, if the money was right. And and if the, if the ownership really wooed them. And, and there's also some, some other questions too. It's not just the head coach. There's a lot of other, you know, uh, assistants and that sort of thing that, that have contracts are up, I do believe. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, interviewing and deciding and future planning right now for the flames. 
Yeah, yeah, and I uh, there's obviously a, a domino effect. You know, yeah. whatever you do, whatever you do, because one if, affects if you the other. Jeff, yeah, if you keep Jeff Ward, I would assume Jeff Ward would want to keep his assistants. If you don't keep Jeff Ward, um, I certainly don't see a scenario where Jeff Ward comes back here as an assistant coach. And I know he said that he would consider that. I think that's just because he's such a good guy that he, you know, and I think that's the right thing to say too. But I, I, I just think you can't come back in as an assistant yeah, as, after works. you've been the head coach. That works. No, um, I don't. I don't. Eric, what are you writing? What's what's in the hopper for uh, Sportsnet.ca? Well, we're going to be keeping a close eye on this coaching situation, yeah, and, and, to, and that ready to fire that one off. <laughs> yeah, I assume that'll be the next piece that we'll write in the next, uh, you know, two, three, four days. Uh, you know, but and after that, who knows? You know, it is amazing to me, and I think it caught a lot of us off guard that there were have been trades made already and some significant significant ones at that. And I think that even people in the industry were like, wait a second, what? Trades during the playoffs? Well, it's a different world right now. And trades are open season. And, uh, you know, the general manager, when we last heard from him, he said he'd spoken to 15 general managers over the course of the previous three days. And I doubt he was calling just to see what the weather was like in each city. No. He's probably just taking a little temperature of what they're looking to move, what he may be looking to move. Um, you know, I don't believe wholesale changes are in order here in Calgary, but I do think a significant change is in order, and that could just mean one or two players. And uh, so it'll be an interesting offseason. In short, I'm not sure when I'm writing next, but as soon as there's big news, I'll be writing on it that day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I got the draft coming up on the 6th, and Flames pick 19th, or do they, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it, it's going to be a fascinating offseason. I think we all agree on that because not just what the Flames do and what other teams do, but what does the league do? Can the league throw together a season? So oh, many questions. And, uh, yeah, there's tons. And, and, I, and the last thought is, you know, I do think that it's going to be fascinating to watch the NFL. And it was, it was interesting to watch it last night, see what the crowds look like. Uh, I'll be interested to see reports on how they felt the crowd worked. You know, were people, you know, wearing their masks when they weren't drinking or eating? Or was it a catastrophe? Uh, or are we going to see if some testing that starts coming up positive from NFL games and that wipes all that out? So yeah. the NHL will be watching very closely what happens with the NFL and will be taking serious cues in terms of how they proceed in uh, December, if at all. Yeah, and, and they'll be you know chatting with the NBA too because they're obviously lock and step with you know similar arenas and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's fascinating, and uh, it keeps yeah. changing on us. Eric, enjoy your weekend, and I guess we'll listen for you on Monday on the Eric Francis Show. Okay, thanks, Kelly. Cheers, bud. Have a great weekend. There we go. Eric Francis Fridays brought to you by Hyatt Infinity. Calgary's original infinity destination. Own one, and you'll understand. Hyatt Infinity on Luxury Lane. Empower the drive. Yeah, Eric will be back on Monday with Ryan in the uh, 9 to 10 o'clock time slot right here on Sportsnet 960. All right, we've been teasing it, and we're getting to it next. The spiciest moment of the week is next right here on Sportsnet 960.